You have now arrived at Stadium Engel. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's Uncle Silk. This your boy, 35, the All-American. And the Danimal. Dan, Dan, nobody, I'm not man, calling man. you. You're a I can't bro. call you that, Dan. Hey, listen, <laughs> I respect you. You want to, you know, you want to put that on your, on, you know, your name and whatnot, Dan, but I just can't, I can't fix my mouth to say that, Dan. Um, I call no, what if you wait across the street, Dan? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, hey, Danimal. <laughs> you got to say that. Be like, Danimal. <laughs> it's like Night at the Rocks. Right? I don't know if you guys ever remember that movie. Uh, there was that scene where, what's his name? He's like, I saw Emilio Estevez, the mighty document. He's like, Emilio. Hey, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up, man. What's been up? What's y'all boys weekends been like? It's relaxing, relaxing. Can just stay uh, another, uh, just another enjoyable weekend. Nothing, nothing to really write home about, you know. But just an enjoyable what? weekend. You enjoying the basketball scene, the hockey scene. Um, hockey my, lightning scene. Are, my lightning are three and one. Um, we're staging that uh, nice comeback from uh, getting swept by Columbus last year. Um, so lightning are looking good. They're starting to put it all together. Look like a good solid team that's going to make a, a Stanley Cup run this year. So I'm here for it. Shout out to uh, the Lightning. Was this is a, this is a, um, we're officially uh, Tampa Bay Lightning affiliates or some something, we, right? We, we are, we are. We were featured at their, like their Gator Nine and, and all that. <laughs> so you, you guys have to cheer for them. I think that's I think that was in the contract we signed. I cheered for the Lightning before that, so it's all good. That's yeah, a good so point. Good. good point. Yeah. What about you, Ahmad? Um, it was a rough one, man. Around around my parts, my uh, my wife's best friend um, was headed down to Key West and. I um, got in a car accident and she didn't make it. So uh, <clears throat> it's been a little bit of rough uh, around here, but, you know, we, we, we holding up just as much as we can, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we don't question anything that happens um, with, with God and um, we know that he doesn't make any mistakes. So uh, with that being said, you know, we just getting an uh, extra guardian angel. So man, I'm sorry to hear that for, for you and your wife and for their family, man. Prayers up to them. Yeah. Big condolences, my man. Big condolences. Yeah, it's all good. But hey, man, I ain't trying to, take, ain't trying to, you know, down the mood on the show, man. What's up? What's happening? <laughs> what about you, sir? Big, big, big weekend for the Gators. Big, big weekend for the Gators, man. What, what are we looking like, Dan? How are we looking at, with our recruiting and whatnot? I don't think we're getting any recruiting talk yet. Um, we ain't, we ain't oh, get yeah. much done with recruiting. I don't think this weekend. Yeah, not yet, not yet. I think we're, I think we're close. I think we've got a couple things out there. So tell we us what weekend, and we'll get into the show real quick. Oh man, I had a cool weekend. I'm yeah. uh, pretty chill. Uh, was at the uh, Big Three Roll Up Studio, getting I saw things. You pictures, pictures up. We ain't put, we ain't put, the, we ain't putting all of them up yet. Man, I'm ready to put no, I some up. From what I see, is it's coming together. So it's coming I'm excited together. to see the, the final product, bro. I, I can't wait. We got about. We want to be done September 25th for that that first weekend. Um, Spence coming into town. Shout out this jerky jerk. Um, but Cam, I think Cam's coming down. We're going to try to have it done that weekend, have a little soft opening for a few important people, you know. 
But yeah, it's coming along nice. We just gotta get this flooring down. That's the big, the next big thing to uh, to get done. That should be getting done within like this week or so. I got a flooring plug if you need one. Oh, I need one. What's up? Yeah, he's, he runs in the family. He happens to be my brother. So we'll we talk. I think we'll talk tomorrow. I think I'm swinging by. Uh, tomorrow oh yeah. Check it out. So we'll talk tomorrow. I'll put you guys in touch. And I got I got a plug. There you go. All right, so let's go. get into the uh, let's get into the show, boys. We got a big week. We got three big guests this week that we're super excited about, uh, and big news. Finally, we're getting close to the season, boys. Getting close to the season. So, as always, this show is sponsored by our friends over at the Thomas Firm, which is going to handle your insurance claims for property damage to your homes or businesses. Uh, their lawyers have over twenty years of experience handling roof damage, leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricane damage, sinkholes, and fires. Uh, they work all over the state of Florida, and no claim is too big or too small. So if you suspect you have damage to your home, give the Thomas Firm a call for your free consultation uh, to ensure that your insurance company is going to pay what you're owed for the complete repair of your home. There is no charge unless we recover what you are, what they, um, what they, unless they recover what you are owed from the insurance company. So give them a call, 813-221-2525, and that's tntattorneys.com. Again, that's the Thomas Firm, 813 813- Two two one two five two five. Well, we got a guest that's going to come on the show uh, in a few minutes to talk a little bit more about the Gators' first day of practice. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the schedule with him as well. Uh, so let's get a little bit into recruiting talk. Ahmad, I know this is your favorite part of the show. Uh, so really, yeah, the guy, to your analysis. Hey, no, you're good, man. You're good. I know. I know how eager and excited you were to talk about recruiting. So, um, yeah, right, five man. five star uh, offensive tackle Tristan Lee uh, has announced Florida is a finalist uh, for his services. He announced uh, that the other day, uh, along with Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, LSU, uh, and obviously the Florida Gators. Uh, he originally, it's my understanding, had a top five uh, and added Florida to that uh, top six list. So again, it's always good to be, um, you know, we were talking about it right before the show. You can't be the final one unless you're in the final six. So it's a good uh, good spot to be, and it's good to be competing against those guys uh, for a big-time prospect. Silk, any thoughts on, um, on Tristan Lee at all? Will be a big time get. I like that yeah. we we enter in, into his top out of nowhere. Uh, usually, guys kind of shut it down and block schools out. So that means we're aggressively recruiting, not giving up on kids, man. Taking it all the way to signing day. So that's a good sign of a, a recruit, especially with Hebs, because because more of a uh, chill recruiter, uh, developer, not a recruiter, but more of a developer type of guy. He's not the, the go out the five star type dude. So to hear our name thrown into the hat at this point in the season, I like it. Yeah, uh, Florida uh, did offer his brother, who's a 2023 offensive lineman. Uh, Florida, I guess, is probably sitting uh, not in the driver's seat or even maybe in the passenger seat, but they might be in a minivan in the back row. Uh, but I know that he's been to Alabama and LSU a, a number of times. He's been to Clemson and Ohio State a few times. Uh, so Florida does sit in a position where uh, they need to get him on campus, but being able uh, to compete against those guys are exactly where you want Florida uh, this time of year. So five-star Tristan Lee out of, I believe, Virginia. Uh, is looking at the uh, the Florida Gators. Outside of that, we talked a little bit about it, or hinted a little bit about it on the last show. Um, Oklahoma, or pardon me, um, from Ohio State. Uh, there was there's a lot of confusion about how to say his name, uh, but Tune Mache Adelaide from IMG Academy, a strong side defensive end, four star uh, prospect, a rivals, or pardon me, 24 7 has him ranked as the number uh, 80 overall player, the number uh, seven uh, strong defensive end, or strong side defensive end in the country. Uh, decommitted from uh, Ohio State uh, and announced uh, that he's going to hold out until National Signing Day, but Florida looks to be uh, in a great position to sign 
Tunmache Adelaide or Tunmache, one or the other. I, I've been saying like Tunmais or Tunmais or something this whole time. So I was way, I was in a whole different arena with that pronunciation. Um, but that's part for the course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping we could like get this kid, press this kid into like, like making the decision a little sooner than that. Right. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not mad that it's going to sign a day. I mean, it's the kid's decision, but I was. I was hoping that we was in an aggressive situation and getting this flip like to happen. But yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. It's my understanding that it's it's really a Florida, maybe Texas A and M battle right now. Kid is originally from right. Texas. He does play in Bradenton down at IMG Academy now, uh, but it does look to be Florida and Texas A and M uh, for his services. He said that he's going to hold out till National Signing Day. Um, we do uh, suspect, just from the people that we've talked to, that Florida does sit uh, in a pretty um, handy uh, position in the driver's seat there. Uh, so hopefully, Florida can potentially push and press that uh, that recruitment that. You know, maybe it doesn't drag on to National Signing Day. I like the Gators' chances. Uh, the sooner it happens, the closer you get to National Signing Day, uh, the more uh, chance for, um, you know, for another school to, to come in and potentially uh, sweep him away. But uh, Tumache Adelaide would be a, a great get and, and really solidify a, a great defensive uh, um, recruiting class for, for Florida. Uh, but speaking of which, Silk, you want to break down a little bit uh, about maybe what you've been hearing or, or some things that are also happening on the recruiting front? Uh, it's been a lot of just Terry and Arnold Smoke. Uh, we'll see what happens. Four-star defensive back, elite kid. I think he's out of the panhandle. I can't yep. remember some, some Catholic high school. I can't remember is that high school right now, but uh, elite kid. Uh, uh, one of those twitched-up guys that could, that's just real athletic. Mm-hmm. You can see his athleticism jump off a of film, off a of workout film. He plays basketball, jumps out of the gym. Uh, he's just a kid you want in your secondary. So I mean, I've been hearing a lot of smoke about him lately. So if, yeah. if I would say anybody to be the next guy to pop, I think he's the next guy to pop. I think yeah. there's been a lot, of, a lot of smoke around him. Absolutely. So Terry and Arnold, uh, four-star guy out of uh, John Paul II Catholic there in Tallahassee. Uh, 24-7 has him ranked as their number two overall safety. Their composite rankings have him the number nine overall safety in the country. Uh, really solid player. At one point was thought to be done Alabama and Florida State. Uh, Florida really snuck in. Ron English has done a great job on this recruiting and uh, a couple other of the, uh, the coaching staff. And it, it looks to be a, that that Florida now sits in the driver's seat. And, and those are the kind of schools, not Florida State necessarily, but schools like Alabama are the schools that you want to beat uh, head-to-head for these elite talents. Those are what separates the uh, you know the 10-win rosters from uh, your 11, 12, and 13-win rosters. So Terry and Arnold, great, uh, great prospect. Yeah, so we go get from we go from uh, getting trolled by a guy like or or, or, or or our fan base getting trolled from other fan base by about a guy named uh, what was it Amari Harvey? Yep, that was a hot commodity a few months ago. I think the staff had bigger plans, and, and now we're we're in a in a situation where we can land a guy named like Terry Arnold to already go with a crazy secondary that we have already. So, the defensive side of the ball recruiting is elite, elite, yeah. elite. Speaking I think of like, offensive, need to get on that on that same page. But on the yeah. defensive side of the ball, they cooking right now with hot grease. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida sitting uh, pretty also for another IMG prospect. Hey, it's wild. You know, Kamar Wilcoxon's already in this class, and he's going to probably uh, go to the 2020 class. But, uh, you know, Florida really struggled with getting IMG kids. Uh, and Florida now sits with Kamar Wilcoxon coming on a campus, uh, you know, this month or or so. Uh, and then they, like we, um, you know, we just talked about um, – 
with uh, Tumish Adelaide and then with Xavier Sori, who's a uh, outside linebacker, six foot three, uh, 214 pounds. Uh, the composite on 247 has him ranked as the number five outside linebacker uh, in the country, the number 63 overall player. Uh, and he's down between Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, and LSU. Again, those are the schools you want to be competing against. And right. Florida also sits in a pretty good position uh, with him. It looks like it's going to probably be um, the – Florida, uh, the Florida Gators and uh, Georgia Bulldogs that are going to be the two finalists for him. Uh, Florida is probably uh, the favorite, but you know this one's going to be taken out for for a long, long time. But but Sorry would fill a huge, huge gap for the Gators if he's able to uh, to commit to the Gators and and, and come on campus. Everybody's just got to relax. Yep. Everybody's just got to relax. Let it all play out. Let the season play out. Everybody's ready to fire people. But right now we're in, we're in a good situation. Uh, I like where we stand, and the game is about to get played. And I like the way our schedule is set up. Yeah, let me talk about I guess probably two more players. Uh, there's a, a linebacker, probably that buck position, uh, weak side defensive end linebacker uh, out of Ramsey uh, High School in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Jeremiah Williams. He's a uh, the number six weak side defensive end uh, in the country, number 103 uh, overall, according to the 247 composite, down to Florida uh, and Auburn for a long, long time. Even all the crystal balls on 247 have him going to Auburn, and Auburn is probably still uh, the favorite, but Florida is sitting really, really nice uh, for Florida uh, as as well, So, or for Jeremiah Williams as well. So hopefully uh, Florida is able to get him. That would really solidify uh, that defensive end uh, buck type of position. And then also Bryce Langston. Uh, uh, a guy that was previously committed to the Gators uh, is down to Florida and LSU. Uh, that one will probably um, happen sooner rather than later. Uh, but Bryce Langston out of Vanguard High School, strong side defensive end, the number 11 uh, strong side defensive end in the country. So Florida sits unbelievably pretty. You'll notice a theme all, on all of those positions that they all sit, uh, except for Tristan Lee, who we talked about at the beginning on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so Florida will definitely still need uh, to add some pieces on the offensive side of the ball, including a running back and probably some offensive line help as well. But you add those types of players, that's what separates, you know, good and great teams. So we getting there. Yep. We getting Perfect. Moving on up. Moving on up. Perfect. Well, let's get into the Gator segment part of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about the schedule, and then we're going to bring a guest on. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Uh, this segment of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Roof Soldier. Roof Soldier is a veteran-owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. So whether you have experienced any recent roof leaks or damage or simply want to take advantage of having a free uh, roof inspection as we head into the summer months of what's expected to be a very active hurricane season, I think there's two brewing in the Tropics right now. Give Roof Soldier a call at 1-877-ROOFS-FL or go to their website, roofsoldier.com. And remember to tell them that Stadium and Gale sent you and you get $200 off your roof replacement once you enter into a contract. So again, our friends over at Roof Soldier, 1-877-ROOFS-FL and roofsoldier.com. All right, boys, the week we are all been waiting for, the SEC schedule, the all-SEC schedule was announced today. Let me just run through that real quick, and then we'll get uh, your your overarching uh, your thoughts, and then we'll dive into it a little bit more. Uh, Florida's going to start the year at Ole Miss. Then they're going to play South Carolina. 
Then they're going to play at Texas A&M. Then they're going to play LSU on my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom, October 17th. Then they're going to go to Missouri on October 24th. They have a bye week, which is the traditional week of Florida, Georgia, on October 31st uh, as a bye week for Florida. Then they go to Georgia, or they play Georgia, pardon me, in Jacksonville on November 7th. Then they play Felipe Franks in Arkansas on November 14th at Vanderbilt on the 21st, Kentucky on the 28th, and then they end the season like they did in 2001 against the University of Tennessee at Tennessee on December 5th. All right, boys, thoughts on the schedule? I like it. I like it. Okay. Any games I mean, you worry about? Uh, I mean – I kind of at Texas A&M. I mean, mm-hmm. we played we played pretty good defense, solid defense last time we was there when Menzel mm-hmm. was there. Made some big plays on offense, but the defense is gonna have to show up right there. Yep. Um, of course, the, the Georgia game, um, mm-hmm. Kentucky. We we home against Kentucky. Yep. But that that Tennessee game, like again, like two thousand one. I mean, but I know we go in there and, and play football. We're handling Tennessee. There's no worries, but I just don't. That shit worried me at the end of the season. But whatever. We the Gators. Yeah. <laughs> My thing on, 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 the, uh, on the Tennessee game, I, I envision that to go down like Florida State game. Um, so it's just like a replacement of a, of a, a shitty rival at a perfect spot where they, they're weak. By that time in the season, man, we'll just be finishing their weak ass off. You know, they'll be, they'll be ran through the ringer by then. They won't have no faith. Mm-hmm. Usually we get Tennessee, they got a little hope in life. They got, they they got play, they, they don't, look. They don't play the, like a little small school or whatnot. Probably yeah. boys got some confidence. Yeah, they've been to beat Chattanooga State or something like that. Well, I don't know. Everybody. I don't know. I don't know because last year they ain't beat them. All right, well, beat Tennessee last year. Yeah, like, and then they, they lost hope early last year, but yeah. this year they're gonna be dismantled by that game. So I like I like that Tennessee's last, especially in the way we got it all set up. I think they're probably the uh, one of the weaker teams on our schedule. Yep. But everything sets up nice. I think I like that we got A and M after they get they after they gotta face Bama. I think they're gonna yep. come in bruised up, banged up. We got a bye week before Georgia. Uh LSU's on the return like eight starters, man. I just like us, man. It looks the schedule looks good for what we gotta play. Everybody else has, you know. Hey man, like Coach Mullen like to say, it's a big game because we make it one. So mm-hmm. line that shit up. You know, I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah. Um, you know, the only thing about Tennessee is going to Knoxville in December, just the month of December yeah. with the weather. It's going to be a little chilly, uh, but I think our boys will be able to handle that. Uh, not too much worries me. I mean, I think that Florida sits nice. Um, I think they go into that Georgia game 5-0, uh, and oh, uh, and I don't say that as a homer. Uh, a lot of what Silk said about the teams that are replacing, I think that Texas A&M is still a little bit talent deficient. Uh, they still have a lot of holes on, on their team. Um I don't think that Ole Miss will put it together. I think Plumlee is a uh, is a good player. Um, I think that he's going to be able to make some plays. Uh, he made some plays against Georgia or against Alabama last year. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I like the way that Florida sits up against him. Uh, I like our defense, right? Um, at the beginning of the season, especially with limited practices, Ahmad, you'll probably agree with this. Defense usually plays a little bit better than offense. Uh, and I know that Ole Miss is still working on, uh, obviously, Lane Kiffin's new offense over there and new team that he has over there. So uh, we'll see how Florida does. I'm not worried about South Carolina, Texas A&M, LSU 
LSU, of course, is a worry just because they have a lot of uh, talent on their team. But again, replacing a lot of folks. Uh, and then Missouri, uh, it just isn't the team they used to be. And then it all comes down to that Georgia game. If Florida can make uh, that Georgia game, but you know, right now, I I like Florida to be nine and one or ten and zero next season. I think anything less than eight and two would be a massive disappointment. And I think anything again, probably below a nine and one, would probably be a bit of a disappointment based on the way that this schedule sets up. Right, and I also think that um, I don't think I know that Ole Miss starting center just opted out as well. That, oh, very that, good. that doesn't bode well. We're gonna get into more of the um, the scheduling. The yep. roster, some practice, Dan Mullins, uh, presser, and all of that. Uh, yeah. when we get my man Zach Everbrody on, well, so, why don't uh, we just get him on now? Let's ride, yeah, let's kick it. Let's kick it with Zach. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Join us for the first, not the first time, like the fourth time. On Stadium and Gale is our friend Zach Albaverde, now with Rivals.com. Zach, how are you doing this evening, bro? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing, fellas? Good, man. Good. Okay, good. Well, Zach, we just got done wrapping up, talking a little bit about the schedule. Talk to us a little bit about your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Florida got it better than Arkansas. That's for sure. <laughs> for, for, for sure. Um, and obviously, I think that, that that's the most maybe intriguing storyline uh or one of the most obviously playing tennessee at the end of the year that you know shades of 2001 there uh, and this is in knoxville and i think the back-to-back with uh a&m and lsu uh could be difficult but all in all man i mean i i i think florida you know i i don't think that they um are upset with the draw that they got scott strickland or dan mullen and you know, at the end of the day, I, they have a team that still can go out and, and win the East and win the SEC. So they just got to go take care of business. What what games, are there any games, obviously, besides the Georgia game, maybe that LSU game, that you would consider a, a trap game? Or, I mean, do you think that Florida's, you know, basement is an 8-2 and two season? Or, or how do you think that they end up this season? Well, I mean, obviously, we'll – see how it plays out with uh, some of these players, right? And uh, who all is suiting up for Florida and how they make it through camp and COVID and everything like that. But I mean, I, I feel like they should be able to make it to the Georgia game undefeated or they're going to have a chance to. And I think that should definitely be the goal because I don't necessarily know if Georgia is going to make it to that Florida Georgia game undefeated. Uh, right. You can expect, you know, expect them to have a loss to Alabama. You know, they could even, lose potentially at home to Auburn. And uh, who knows, Felipe Franks might even go in their season opener and, and pull off a shocker. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just – I still like how it, it sets up for Florida. Obviously, you never want to um, open the season on the road, especially in the SEC. But, I mean, you talk about a staff that knows that stomping grounds and knows what it takes to go into Ole Miss and win. Uh, you know, and I mean, and, and, hey, this is not even a, a crowd that we're talking about that they're going to face. So I think Florida is is prepared to go in there and, and win week one and um and see where the chips fall from there. But I, again, I think that's that back to back stretch with A&M and LSU um, will really be a telltale sign of kind of where their season's going to go. I do like that we got A&M after uh, they have to go to the gauntlet of uh, Bama. So I like I like us catching A&M after a Bama matchup. 
Yeah, and I mean, it'll be interesting to see who who comes out of the West. Um, but I you know I was listening to a lot of the analysts today that felt like the way that things set up for Florida uh, would potentially hurt them or hurt their chances of winning the East. Um, I mean, again, going to College Station is tough, and I think that that could potentially be a loss for Florida. But I mean, if you were talking about them being able to beat Georgia being able to beat LSU, then they should be able to go out and beat Texas A&M. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, they just got to get through camp, like I said, and, and see all their guys that they have as well. Cool. Zach, um, talk to us a little bit about the press conference today. So, obviously, today's Monday. Florida uh, was uh, practicing for the first time since – Gosh, last season. Yeah, five months. Um, to, yeah. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what Dan Mullen said today. What were some of the high uh, the high points and the low points? But you know, what was the the general gist of uh, Mullen's press conference today? Well, obviously, aside from the fact that he revealed some guys at least weren't there for the first day, we'll see where that goes from there. Um, just hearing his thoughts about how they've had to start camp, some of his frustrations about the way the schedule kind of got changed around and how they had kind of gotten to their groove and gotten to their rhythm. And then the SEC kind of uh, pulled them back a little bit. Um, he, he wasn't really happy about that, to be honest with you. But uh, he likes how the players adjusted. I mean, he's touted the fact that they don't have any guys in quarantine. They've been following all the protocols and things like that. I, I did find it interesting that he said that they're not going to be in a team hotel, which is what they usually do for training camp, because he said it seemed like he said when they get in groups – or do something along uh, outside of their daily routine, that that's when their numbers went up during the June workouts and stuff. So they feel like they have a plan in place that they can get through camp. But, um, you know, he didn't really talk too much about uh, the students coming back other than, you know, uh, guys, you know, if they're worried about safety or, or football or what have you, you know, that's fine. But then, you know, don't be out at a club with 500 people not wearing a mask. Um, right. And – you know, who who knows if that was a shot at anybody, uh, but, you know, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, these, these guys want to play. The majority of them obviously want to play. Um, and, you know, they know the sacrifices that it's going to take to make this season happen. Um, and if Florida, you know, falls the right way, obviously can get through this camp injury free. Um, I think Mullen really likes where they're going to be at, but he he wasn't, you know, too particular today. He, I don't even think he really uh, singled out any guys at all. Um, and I gave him an opportunity to with one question. So um, he's kind of keeping things close to the vest, obviously. What's your overall vibe with everything right now? With the players sitting out, I know you're pretty uh, – um, you know Copeland pretty well. Um, Grimes is holding now. It's pretty much a receiver room. And then Zach Carter, you put out an article today that you spoke to Zach Carter's father. Uh, what's the vibes you getting? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you um, went to camp and you had to expect it from anyone, I guess it would be some of those guys. But again, you know, at least outside of Zach, we don't know where things stand with the receivers, um, at least what their plans are going to be moving forward. It, it sounds like from speaking to Zach's dad that it's just uh, right now the timing of everything um, with two other Power Five leagues basically saying, hey, we're not going to play. The report that came out uh, about the heart issue that some of those players in that league had. And then, I mean, honestly, with his family, I mean, they had two 
friends of the family that died from COVID and his dad went through COVID as well. So I think right. it's a little bit, you know, more close to home with Zach. I don't know the situations uh, as much with some of the receivers, but it sounded like from what Grimes tweeted today that, um, you know, he, he, he might not be having the same stance maybe as Carter. So um, again, I, I think most of these guys want to play. Um, and for the ones that don't, you know, they're going to have their various reasons, but, um, I mean, look, Florida's going to have that next man up mentality. And that's just that's just what you have to do. And that's why you recruit and build depth. And they got guys Absolutely. waiting in the wings that are ready to step on the field. Yeah, speaking of that, man, we've been been checking out the videos. Little camp footage been leaking out here and there. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was interesting. Um, you know, Mullen was asked you know, uh, today, uh, <laughs> who's repping that center and star? And he was like, I'm not telling you that. I'm not going into the depth chart, um, you know, typical coach speak. And then they put out the B-roll and you see Ethan White in there repping that center. Um, and oh, Brett I like Hege, that. Yeah, and Brett Heggie and Stuart Reese next to him as the guards. So, oh, let's get busy. Um, I thought that was I did not. I think that's totally out of left. I did not expect Ethan White at center at all. I'm going to be yeah. honest. I, th- I thought maybe Reese would play there. Um and, and, and maybe, or and could give some competition to Hagen. I just thought maybe Reese, because he knows their system really well, uh, and he's a veteran, obviously. But, right. uh, you know, at the same time, can't take too much away. I mean, they just put out one. That was just one clip that we got to saw. Maybe they, they were, you know, maybe they're repping three, four guys there. Right. Um, so, but but that's just what they like to and, do. And I, both I'm, clips, I'm more, he, was with, he was with both quarterbacks as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm just as interested to see. That's right. I'm just as interested to see what happens at uh, Star and what happens at Buck. I mean, I, I guess the expectation is that Cox is going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But man, he's, he's got, got some, Uno. Yeah, I mean, but you got some depth there with Moon and Bogle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, right? How you keep those guys off the field? So, um, are you expecting Diabate to play linebacker? I mean, honestly, I I just think. To get your best eleven on the field, you, it, that just makes the most sense. And he just mm-hmm. seems like a guy that can make that move. And even if you put him at the "quote unquote" middle linebacker spot, like him trying to handle those responsibilities and all the calls and stuff like that, like he's got the football IQ to do that. Right. So um, I, I would not be surprised by that move at all. Zach, in your opinion, who? How does the safety uh, rotation shake out? Yeah, I mean it's a. Uh, you know, obviously, right now is 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 been a three man show, or, or it's it, it seems like it'll be a three man show with uh, Davis, Stewart, and Steiner. But uh, we'll see if Trey Dean gets in there and and can maybe take a job. Um, you know, that's that's something that's been speculated that he might play there in the spring. We'll you know we'll see how it shakes out in fall camp because you know they they still got to settle on a obviously some somebody at uh, nickel as well. So. But, I mean, to me, I think you're definitely going to have Sean Davis as one of your starting safeties. And, uh, man, I don't even know if they would ever experiment with Stewart back in the nickel. I know he's played star before, um, but I just don't know if they're going to want to put Bernie there. I don't know if they're going to put Bernie at linebacker. Um, Kimbrough was repping at star mm-hmm. in the bowl practices. So it's just like, you know, I, I really don't know what they're going to do. And, and, and obviously there's different formations, man. There's so many different things that Todd Grantham can do to 
um, to mix it up. So, but specifically safety, I mean, it's, it's really those three seniors. And then uh, if, if Trey Dean, I think can, can come in there, and get some playing time as well. Where, so David Reese, um, who I know is getting quite a bit of playing time, the other David Reese that um, yeah. was getting quite a bit of playing time uh, before he ultimately got injured, uh, sat out last season. Uh, I think he redshirted or whatever the case may be. Uh, back on the field today with the linebackers, do you see him getting much playing time? Or No, I, I, I definitely think that he's a guy that will be in whatever rotation that he's at. I mean, obviously there was even a time I think that he was either repping that buck or there was talk of that. but. Um, I think there's so much depth there now. It's kind of the same situation with Diabate. He makes maybe sense at the most sense at linebacker, uh, and they they really like him. I mean, that was a tough injury that they had, right, you know, right before the season. Uh, so I'm interested to see what he can do. Obviously, you got uh, you know the brother duo as well. You know, um, with him his old his older brother now there, and you got the Pouncey brothers too. So um, plus, we still don't know. What's up with Pouncey and, and Shorter? So that's just the, the NCAA doing what they do. How are you feeling about the quarterback room? I've been saying I think fives will get a little bit of action this year. What do you think? What do you think the ratio is going to be? Yeah, man. I The ratio will be interesting. I just think the biggest thing is, um, you know, we we wrote about this at Gators Territory. It's just him, you know, being able to finish off drives um, and get whole drives to himself. And, and I think he's obviously gotten those opportunities before. Um, he even got it uh, in the LSU game um, after the Gators went three and out with uh, Trask. He got a series to himself, and, th- and he went three and out. So he's, you know, he's gotten those opportunities. But I, th- I think that's the the biggest thing uh, I'm looking to see, and I'm sure what he wants to do is not have it be a situation where Kyle's got to come in and pick up the initial first down, or you know, bail him out on third and long, um, or come in maybe in the red zone and just get more of those opportunities where he gets whole series to himself. And, and obviously with, he, if he produces with those, um, he's going to warrant more playing time. Right. I'm just so excited about Ethan White being that center. Like <laughs> that, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real. Like that makes me excited, bro. Like seeing his progress, knowing how like right. strong of and big of a kid he is like at that size, us running the ball, the issues we had running the ball, if we could get him there, I was a little sketchy about Hege because of his injury history. Right. You, you don't want inconsistent like inconsistent play at the center spot. So with Ethan White there, that, that was just like a uh a surprise to me. I'm excited about that, bro. Yeah, yeah. and if you did Hold on one second, Zach. Just to give context, if you didn't see that on the uh, the film that the Gators put on Twitter today, uh, they have Ethan White uh, at center, and then flanking him is Brett Hage and Stuart Reese at the guard spots. Sorry, Zach. Go ahead. Veterans beside him. Yeah, no, and and I just you know I think that the fact that they they lost Nick Buchanan, I mean that just that hasn't been maybe stressed enough, and obviously a lot of people's been ex- not excited or just intrigued about what they were going to do at some of the other offensive line spots, and maybe if somebody could uh, you know take a starting job, but you know at the end of the day they got to get that center spot figured out, and you know they've got some options there because I said I, I think Reese could play there too. And obviously you got Heggie, so they're just gonna have to see who who works the best there during fall camp. Hey Zach, are we concerned about with three receivers sitting out right now, and 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 pretty much that room is a fresh set of guys? Are we concerned about uh, receivers in camp in that, in that room? Yeah, I mean right now, yeah, Florida didn't have their starting lineup out there today. Um, mm-hmm. Will that be the case 
you know, moving forward, I, you know, that, that remains to be seen. I, I don't necessarily expect every one of those guys um, to miss the season. Um, and, and again, just to go back to Carter, I mean, his, his dad said even he could potentially change his stance if he gets the right information. But at receiver, man, they got, they're going to have to have some guys step up. It would be nice if Florida knew whether or not they had Pouncey available and Shorter available because if those two guys can play, uh, especially Shorter, you feel a lot better about maybe that situation and, and your depth there. But, you know, we'll get to see what, you know, those guys from that class that Mullen's been hyping up, uh, Weston and Whittemore, and, and obviously the young guys coming in, um, Henderson and Frazier's, who's rocking that number zero jersey. I like oh, it. Oh, clean. oh, oh look, <laughs> I thought – I thought it was gonna be a little goofy, but when he put it on and he looking ready, ready, uh, Zach, I like the yeah. way he's looking. Pause. Big pause. Yeah, and I mean he, he's the first guy in school history to do that. So, bro, he looks physically ready to go right now. Yeah, I mean, look, you're talking about a guy that's. I mean, you know, he was a, he was an Under Armour All American man. I mean, he he was a stud, right. and it's a shame that. You know, they couldn't get Leonard Manuel in because if he would have got in, they would have had three studs at receiver. You know, um, people could say what they want about him off the field, but that kid had it on the field. So um, they're in a they're in a good uh, spot at receiver. You know, so it would be interesting to see if they get one more guy in this class. Um, but, you know, they, they've done a good job. Obviously, they, and they've been helped by the transfer portal, but they've done a good job with it. Zach, speaking of which, are are we still in like a purgatory with Leonard Manuel? Or has he announced what he's doing yet? Or right, I mean he, I mean he missed. I mean August first was when you had to sign. So I mean that was the right. deadline. So I mean he has. I mean not to my knowledge, he hasn't signed anywhere. So um, we'll see where he, what happens next. But I mean for for now he's not going to be in Florida. So it's uh, and that's who is my favorite because there's no football. Like there's no JUCO. Like right. Like what does he do? I mean, it's anybody's guess, man. Hmm. Man, that's rough. Yeah, no, it's a, it's. I mean, obviously, it's a. You never. Uh, you hate to see a situation where a guy can't get in for whatever reason with the academics or what have you. Um, right. And you know, you just hope that they can bounce on their feet and land in a good situation. And um, you know, obviously, wish them the best. Um, Zach, talk to us a, a little bit about um, uh, the running back uh, rotation. Obviously, we saw Damian Pierce, and we can imagine Damian Pierce is going to be your, your RB1. Uh, but what do we expect for Lorenzo Lingard? He did get uh, cleared for transfer. Again, don't know who does or doesn't get cleared. Uh, and then find him, and you have a lot of confusion uh, over you know Malik Davis and um, you know Naquan Wright and then uh, Iverson Clement. But, but how do you envision that uh, playing out? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Lingard coming coming in there is that you know the X factor, um, and I still think that Malik Davis, especially if he's healthy and he can, you know, get back to his freshman form, um, can be a factor in the backfield. And I think the biggest way that he can help them contribute is picking up um, in the passing game of that production that Lamichael P. Ryan had last season. I think that he's probably the guy best suited to do that. And he's, he's shown that ability. Um, so that's one way I think that he can, you know, be involved, but, you know, I, I think it'll be a three headed monster with him, Lingard and Pierce. And then, you know, Wright trying to earn some carries and Clement trying to earn some carries, I think in, 
you know, probably certain situations that are better suited for him. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I still want to see what Wright can do just because of what he did in Miami Dade and the numbers that he put up and the competition that he went against. I mean, you know, I know he doesn't have all the measurables, but that kid's like a bowling ball. And when you averaged over 10 yards per carry in Miami Dade, uh, you know, and won a and won a state championship, you know, that says something about your talent. So, you know, I think they got a really good um, depth chart there. Um, so uh, that's part of the reason why they've been so selective and picky with running backs, and why they haven't taken anyone yet in this cycle. Yeah, talk to us about that. Um... You know, Florida sits in a unique position where they may lose a running back, you know, potentially to transfer, not opining on, on any particular name. But, you know, if Damian Pierce does well and, you know, there's a season, he could be going off to the NFL. Same with, you know, Lorenzo Lingard. What, what are you hearing that, that Florida, you know, is potentially trying to do with running back recruiting? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they just have to cross that bridge. Obviously, you're prepared for any situation and, you know, you, you keep your, your options and tabs on – certain prospects and stuff. But at the end of the day, if it's a situation where everybody comes back, you know, you're not, you already got Charles Montgomery committed. So that's the other right. thing. I mean, he's, if you flip Rashawn Smith or Christian Leary, Charles Montgomery's going to play running back. So, and if everybody comes back on the roster this year, that you have six running backs. Mm, so, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, they're not going to take anybody else. And, um, I think obviously if you've gotten a situation where one or two guys left, um, you know, that would change things. And if, and again, if they don't flip Rashad Smith or Christian Leary, both of whom they're still recruiting, um, then maybe Montgomery plays the slot and you need to get somebody else in this class at the end um, if there's a transfer. But I should say in this class, I should also say in this cycle, you know, mm -hmm. because I mean, if they lose somebody after the season, they don't just have to go into the recruiting ranks or the high school ranks. They can go into the portal and get another running back. And I know that's not ideal and that's not what you want to do, but you know, that's, that's part of recruiting now. And, mm -hmm. you know, when people say, uh, when people, I, I've got asked about this so many times, y'all, when I do like my mailbag, when people say, well, why didn't Florida sign a running back last, last year? Like, that's just, that's just not true. Like they signed a running back and it was a transfer of Lorenzo Lingard. Like, they made the decision at their signing period that, hey, when he hit them up and said, I want to transfer, they decided we're going to take this guy over all our remaining targets. And most of them were three stars. Um, and that's the decision that they made. So that's kind of, you know, how the portal has kind of been become part of the recruiting process. So I always like to point that out to people because they might make that same decision uh, at later in this cycle and not just at the running back position, but at other spots as well. You know, they might have guys that they're looking at at the high school ranks and then some guy pops into the portal and they're like, Oh crap, let's go get this guy. You know? Yeah. So it's just, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta know how to, uh, you know, play with the cars that you're dealt. And again, I, I think they've done a really good job when you consider the guys that they've added through the portal. I think taking Lingard last year was clearly the better move than signing a shod Clayton. Um, I, I agree. I agree yeah, with that. I mean, come on, for sure. Let's be real. I would like both. Uh, I would. I wouldn't have minded uh, two backs in that class to go. Another well, back to go along. The, the ideal Lingard. thing would have would have been had Bowman, and then all, all of a sudden Lingard just. Mm. Oh yeah, in the dream world, absolutely. You know, 
But um, it'll be interesting to see what they do or how it plays out because, you know, they're, they're, I mean, look, there's, there's, I said, what if all five come back? But there's a strong possibility, as y'all know, that one could leave if they're not mm-hmm. happy with their carries after this season. So, um, you know, the staff's definitely got to be prepared for that and, and keeping tabs on who's out there if they got to go that route. Yeah, I'm ready for some, uh, some football this fall. Zach, you got to come fall through the studio, man. We hanging out. Oh, I'm, I told you, man, I'm there, man. I, I, I can't. You, I can't. Bro. I can't wait to see it when this when the palaces is, is all together. Yo, when it's done, man, I'm telling you, you got you got to come to the soft opening. It's gonna be it's gonna be a vibe. Yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to it, fellas. We're here for well, Zach. We appreciate your time, my friend. Tell everybody again. I'm sure they already do, but tell everybody where they can follow you on uh, on social media. Yeah, you guys can uh, follow me on Twitter. Just uh, search up my name. A-B-O-L-V-R-D-I and uh, GatorsTerritory.com is where you can read all of my work and Corey Bender's and Joseph Hastings uh, bring you guys a bunch of great stuff. And it's yeah, an exciting time right now, obviously, with recruiting everything that's going on and, and fall camp starting. I love it. Well, Zach, thank you so much. It's it's good to see Rivals back uh, with some really great writers and everything else. I mean, keep on out good work, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Hold it down, my boy. Always love Zach, man. Zach's a good dude. That's my guy, man. I fuck with Zach. That's my guy. Zach talk that stuff, man. That's my guy. But you, you know, I leave, leave that recruiting to y'all, man. You know. <laughs> but you, you was going through the teen segment, the recruitment segment, bro. Like, <laughs> I, bro, I was sitting up here with my feet kicked up. Just, I was listening, bro. I was trying to declare something, bro. You know. So, 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 so for next week, so for next week, I might throw it in the name or something. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm going to be excited in about three years when we're still doing the show and Ahmad is the one leading our recruiting talk. Nah, man. Bro, just imagine how recruiting is going to be in three years, bro. I don't even want to know, Ahmad. It's already oh bad. Oh, my God. It's already yeah, bad. Enough. I just get, these, just get these other guests on the show. All right, let's run. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And this interview with Jeff Cardozo is sponsored by our friends over at Lee Friedland with the law firm of Friedland and Associates. He's going to handle all your auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida with the brashness, he says, of Steve Spur and the relentless effort of Dan Mullen. Uh, he's a double gator graduating from UF undergrad and law school, bleeds orange and blue, and believes giving back and truly being of the people. So give him a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, personal injury cases. Call Lee Friedland or the law firm of Friedland and Associates at 1-800-95-INJURED or yourfighthourbattle.com. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is a guy that is well known to the uh, to the entire Gator fan base. If you listen to the Florida Gators on the radio, uh, is none other than Jeff Cardozo, former baseball player um, and a member of WRUF. Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. Um, pleasure to be here. You know, I uh, hear the the legendary uh, podcast all the time, so uh, cool to be a part of it now and uh, get to hang out with you guys for a little bit. 
Well, we appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's exciting to uh, to get you on. Uh, Jeff, talk to us a little bit. You are all over Gator Nation, so talk to us a little bit about how you ended up playing baseball for the Florida Gators and you made it to Gainesville. Sure. Um, both uh, both my parents went to Florida, so kind of uh, born and raised uh, in in the Gator Nation, and, and always wanted to uh, to be a part of it. Um, had a, a pretty unique opportunity in high school just to. Uh, Ended up throwing well against a, a guy that every college and, and every professional team in the country was looking at, and they didn't want some uh, six foot five little skinny dorky redheaded kid. But I uh, I threw really well that day, and then started to, to get some offers. Florida's pitching coach happened to be uh, in in the crowd that day, and several other colleges. So then it uh, it came about like Wake Forest, UCF, a few other schools started uh, contacting me, and. Um, inevitably I got the call from Florida and then of course that was a no brainer. I, I slow played him a little bit though, make it act like, uh, you know, th there were some other schools looking, but of course my, my heart was to always get to Florida and of course, uh, getting there was, was really, really big and, uh, an awesome uh, few years of my life, uh, getting to, to be a part of that pitching staff. Absolutely. So what, obviously I know you grew up probably a Gator fan, grew up around the Florida Gators, uh, but what was it that sold you on, on pitching for the Gators? Cause obviously there's more to it than just fandom. So what, what ultimately sure. was the, uh, the final piece for you? Well, I remember my, uh, my senior year in high school, uh, Florida ended up going to the college world series. I was Brad Wilkerson's freshman year and uh, they had several other guys on that team that uh, you just look from afar and you say, man, it, it would be really cool to, to be a part of that. And, got the opportunity to, to come here. And then I get to campus and Gary Henderson was a pitching coach at the time. So he, uh, he walks me down to the field and, and I walked down there and he said, uh, you probably know this guy. And, and it was David Eckstein and he was playing catch with, with Tommy Bond. So then he said, grab a glove and, and join in. So I'm playing my first catch on, on Florida field with, with David Eckstein. And I think just, just being around the, the program and, and hearing all the things that you saw, um, heard a lot of great things about Andy Lopez who came in from Pepperdine and, won a national title, and they were just really trying to do a, a lot of big things. So, of course, uh, an opportunity to be a part of it was uh, was something special. Awesome. And what's kind of your, your most uh, memorable uh, time uh, at UF, whether it be pitching or being on the baseball team or, or just being there in general? I mean, what was the experience like? Yeah, I think a, a really a lot of unique opportunities. I, I was a journalism major, so getting to be a part of that was, was certainly awesome. And, and those were the fun times, like Jeff Chandler, the kicker, was uh, – one of my classmates, Aaron Andrews, was there at the time. So we had a, a lot of things to, that we did together. And, you know, several other student athletes and, and basketball players, football players, all uh, trying to be a part of that. But I think when, when you, just, you look at the team, um, my, my favorite year, probably the, the 98 team, where we mm -hmm. ended up having five or six big leaguers. We go to Omaha, um, although it was rough being a pitcher at those times because that was the uh, the year of the cheap bats. You know, all the uh, all the guys oh, swung the yeah, minus yeah. fives and – yeah, they were really light. So the, the shortstop for LSU that year hit 44 home runs by himself. You know, like, of course, they were roaring up and doing all the uh, illegal things. But, heck, I mean, they were getting away with it. So it was all right. Um, but we uh, we ended up making it to Omaha and um, got to uh, to be a part of something. I think, you know, something unique that I still use to, to this day, David Ross, who, of course, is, is now the manager for the Cubs. Right. He was the catcher that year. And. And I remember, and I'm just this little skinny freshman trying to put on weight, trying to get acclimated to what college life is all about. And I'm pitching down in Miami, and they were really good back then. They had three big leaguers right in the middle of their lineup, and mm -hmm. Pat Burrell was one of them. So I, I come in the game, and the first time I ever face him, I strike him out on an inside fastball. So, man, I'm, I'm the coolest guy in the world. I just struck out Pat Burrell and all these things. And then a couple innings later, he comes up again, and, and he – 
I, th I throw the same thing, an inside fastball, and he hits a ball that is still orbiting Earth. That's how far he hit that ball. And Miami ends up winning the game. And I remember Rossi walking out to the mound, and he grabs me right uh, by the, the top of the collar, and he says, Jeff, if you don't ever effing figure this thing out, you're, you're never going to be successful at this level. So I didn't really understand him. And so it was really unique because I go to the, the hotel after the game and I said, Rossi, what are you talking about? And he said, Jeff, when you step over that white line, you've got to turn into a, a mean SOB. I mean, Ahmad obviously knows that. And, you know, when you step over that line, you've got to, you got to be that competitor. You got to be somebody that, that's because everybody at this level is really, really good. But if that guy's going to outwork you, that's 60 feet, six inches away in the batter's box, then he's probably going to be able to beat you. So it was, um, it was a really neat time because, in, you know, in high school, I'm, I'm the class clown. I'm, you know, goofy. I'm, I'm jovial but and, and had that kind of happy-go-lucky personality. But it made me realize that when you want to compete and you have to compete at this level, then you need to turn into somebody different. And so I owe David Ross a, a ton of stuff. And, I mean, you can see why he's made it so successful, how great of a coach as he can be. And that's the, the type of teammate he was. So it, it was cool just getting to, to hang around the guys and, and I think that's what's really been unique about my, my entire time at Florida because all the student athletes you got to hang around. And I mean, all these great guys, all, you know, the Teddy Dupays and the Jason Williams of the world from the basketball team. You know, the, the first time I'm ever in the UF weight room, again, I'm this skinny kid and I look to my right on the leg press, some guy named Javon Curse is right there and he's throwing up all these huge numbers and I'm not doing anything, but it just, it, it made you want to get better as an athlete and have that community there at Florida. And it, it was certainly something special. Real quick, Jeff, uh, I've heard experiences about the sweet, uh, the, the NCAA tournament, uh, some of the player experiences. I've all, I've heard about the bowl games, national championships. What's that week like in uh, in Omaha? What's the what's the vibes like when y'all enter into town in, in the week of competition? Yeah, it's it's amazing, and and Silka, I've gotten the unique opportunity now to to see it from the broadcast side too. But you always looked at Rosenblatt Stadium like you would, you know, whatever sports you play and, and getting to, to that final mark. And and that was Omaha. And I just remember walking in there and, and the unique part about that place is they've got all these different color seats and it's up on a hill and you just, you don't realize it until you actually step foot in that place, what it really means. So I actually, I soaked it in. Like I walked in, I looked around, I said, holy cow, this is what this is all about. I've seen it on TV and now you get that mystique, but Omaha is amazing. It's, um, Every fan there is just a college baseball fan, so they, they really support you. They're uh, they're around you. You know, you get, of course got all these little kids asking for your autographs, and you just you have the unique opportunity of being around the ESPN crews and, and getting to kind of experience what television is like and doing these interviews and, and going through all these things. And um, we we were there quick. We we were two and out. We actually scored double digit runs in both games that year, and we lost both games again. That was the the year that the final game of the college world series was 21 to 14 so so baseball back then was just stupid like pitchers really had no chance but i mean it was fun it, it was obviously a a great time but and then you see it from the the broadcast side what they've really done now at, at omaha for the college world series they've got all eight teams downtown um everybody's in their individual hotels sometimes you're sharing a hotel with another team but all the fan bases are there just the the energy the atmosphere i get to bring my family now so it's a uh, it's really cool. And that's what's been neat about Sully and, and the success. You know, my uh, my youngest daughter, she's been going since she was like six years old. And we ended up going four years in a row. And then we don't make it in, in 2019. And, and I remember her looking at me, she's like, Dad, we're, we're not going to Omaha. 
Like she thought it was a normal yeah. summer vacation. She thought it was <laughs> right. easy. Like that's what you're supposed to do. And I yeah. said, no, it's hard. Like I went yeah. once as a freshman and then never got to go again. So that's what's cool about this baseball program now and, and getting to be a part of it. But yeah, Silk, it's amazing, man. It's it's like uh, what you would imagine the NCAA tournament's like for basketball, a bowl game. They just, they treat you, they give you all this swag. They uh, they make you feel really, really important. And then you go out and play uh, the, these really competitive teams on, on the biggest stage out there. And it's uh, it's an atmosphere like no other. Dope. Hey, Jeff, this is Ahmad. Um, hey, man. So, you know, I, I know we talked about some of the gifts and whatnot. I know, and this, this is going to be weird, but when we played in the Capital One uh, bowl game, we actually got better gifts um, that bowl game than the national championship. <laughs> how are, how are, like, do you guys get gifts and whatnot? Do you guys get to pick, you know, your, 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 uh, your gifts when you make it to Omaha? It's, it's not, it's not <laughs> that high tech. Like, you don't get to, like, okay. walk in okay. and okay. find this cool, like, Rolex watch like you guys are getting on the, on the football side, but... No, they, they had some we, pretty we, neat wait, 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 we were getting iPods, <laughs> all right? We got iPods, all right? Yeah. Back when I was playing, all right? Yeah. No, yeah, and, well, and this this will date me a little bit, but I still have it. They actually gave us one of those portable CD players, you know, you, you carry along with you on the plane, oh, yeah. you have to stick the CD in it, and of course, oh, every time you hit a bump, the, the CD would, uh, would, would skip, and you, you'd miss, like, oh, the sure. great part of the song. So that was the uh, the gifts way back then, but it was nice. I mean, you got this, you got some really cool uh, baseball gear, and you, of course, when you made it, they uh, all the the companies there, whatever your sponsor was, they they would give you all the sweet swag to to have and, and to wear for the games and and get to do that kind of stuff. So it's uh it's it's certainly changed from from now when you look at some of the bowl games, but back then that stuff was actually pretty cool. Yeah, sure. Jeff, how hard is it to um? You cover the Gators and, and Gator sports. How how hard is it to stay critical and, and be honest? And but being a former athlete, like how hard is that task? I know Ahmad struggled with it on this show. Sure. Um, how difficult is it for you? You know, I I think you just you try to speak the truth. Um, obviously, my relationship with Florida, I'm, I'm never going to go bash those guys. I'm, I'm, but I'm going to you know, hey, if a, if a guy makes an error or he's really struggling at the plate that day or you know, the guy can't cover anybody on, on defense. So, I mean, you're going to say it. You're going to, of course, you, you got to you got to speak it out. But then you also have to understand, I think, from that playing perspective, how hard it really is. Like, I mean, the, the hardest damn thing in the world, in, in my opinion, is to hit a baseball. Because if you do it successfully three out of ten times, you know, I mean, you're probably in the Hall of Fame someday. Um, so I, I think that's where you have to look at it from that side and just understand, especially nowadays in, in the SEC, I mean, every Friday night starter in the SEC this year, pitching wise, is is a first round pick. I mean, those are guys that are going to be in the big leagues in, in just a couple of years. So I think you have to put it into into perspective from there. But I think that's what I try to do. I I try to make my broadcast really fun. Like I still try to have that that goofiness, but but still portray what's going on, get across what the uh, the what's going on in a game, and and really how good each of the sides are. But um, yeah, I'll never just totally crush a kid because I, I think back to, to my days too, you know, I'm 18, 19 years old. I'm kind of this dude that doesn't really know much. I'm just trying to go out there and, and compete, do the best I can. And I think that's what I uh, have to understand from the broadcast side too. Like these guys don't want to lose. It's like the coaches right. and, and you get all these phone calls from, from fans and stuff. How come Dan Mullen didn't do this? Or why did Mike White do this? Well, because they felt that it was the the right move. And that's just, if the player didn't execute, okay, well, that, that's what happened. Or guess what? 
the guys on the other team are pretty damn good too. I think you have to, to understand that. So it's not like Dan Mullen is putting this dude in the game to, to give up a, a 50 yard bomb. No, he put that guy in there because he showed in practice that he was the best and who am I to tell him that, that he was wrong to put him in, in that situation. So I think that's what I understand from a broadcast side too. Now seeing from the other side of it. I think, I think that's another like thing it. too. As, as fans, I think we, uh, we definitely forget about, and you know, I, I see it all the time on Twitter where fans are like, Hey, you know, we should put so-and-so in the game and da 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 And like, why is he not playing? Well, he's not playing because he may, not be producing the practice, you know, and we're not at practice. So we don't know what's really going on and whatnot. And, um, you know, again, that's easy for a fan to say from the outside looking in. So, um, Jeff, talk about a little bit of your playing days as well. Um, it, was there any stadium that you like to play in particular, like something that, that, that was different from, you know, obviously uh, an away game, but a sure. stadium that you went to that kind of like you got amped to play in? Yeah, man, my, my favorite was actually uh, Ole Miss, and and I had uh, I had played summer ball. That, that's what you do in, in college. You go play summer ball, and you get to play with guys from from around the league and around the country. And and I played with a guy from Ole Miss, so it, it was neat early on in, in my collegiate career. So then we kind of formed this friendship. So every time you'd go there, you know, you just you you want to kick his ass because that's you know of course your your buddies now, and that's what you want to do to your, your friends. But I just for some reason saw that mound and, and saw that the, the the plate really, really well. And I had a lot of success. I honestly don't think I ever gave up a run in probably about 15 or 16 innings there. And and now Old Miss is still my favorite place to go. Like they, uh, if, I don't know if you've seen it on TV, but that's the stadium where if you hit a home run to right field, they got all the, the college kids out there. And it's like a beer garden. They're throwing beer up in the air and saturating everybody and, and just really having a, a good time. And that's what these atmospheres are all about. But there was a lot of fun moments. Um, you know, I, I think one that I'll never forget too is my my junior year. We go to Baylor a, a for a regional, so it's an opportunity to, to win that regional and then get to Omaha. Well, we lost the first game, and Baylor, who was the one seed, also lost the first game. So it was us versus Baylor to, to get knocked out, and the season's going to be over. So I uh, I end up throwing a complete game against them. We beat them. We knock them out. And and how cool is this? At the time. And, and maybe people don't know this, but the, the guy that was the sports information director for Baylor that day, some mm-hmm. guy named Scott Strickland, oh, who is, of course, Word. now Florida's athletic director. Yeah, so, so the, the, best, the, the best part about that was, too, and, and I've talked to Scott a little bit about this, is when you're the, the home team and you're hosting that regional, well, you have to stay the rest of the time. So – they had to stay and they had to, to then suffer through after their team was out and there was a lot of rain delays, a lot of different things happening. So, uh, so that was really cool to, uh, to, to beat them. And it was actually ended up being my, my final collegiate game ever because we ended up losing in the final, the regional that year, three to one and, and missed the opportunity to go to Omaha, but I ended up having shoulder surgery after that year and then uh, never pitched for Florida again, but it was, uh, it was still cool. But yeah. Ahmad, I mean, the, the SEC, they're, they're Taj Mahal's everywhere, and especially you look at the stadiums now. I mean, every place is just immaculate. LSU, yeah, South Carolina, yeah. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I mean, these are like double A, triple A ballparks, and the atmospheres are awesome. Definitely, definitely. Hey Jeff, what? When did you decide you wanted to cover uh, Florida sports? Like, at what point in your life, and at the post post playing ball graduate, when did you make that decision? Yeah, I think it's something I always want to do. I think even even through college, um, knowing that uh, if if baseball didn't work out, I'd, I'd have that opportunity to try to, to merge into it. So right after school was over, I just I hung around. I, I hung around the press box. I had, of course, known some guys from, from being a, 
a broadcaster there and, and we had covered some sports while, while we were in school and you know that relationship with, with Jeff Chandler there and, and covering some football stuff and doing different things but it just it, it happened to work out I, I had the the opportunity I was just sitting there and the, the guy that was doing the color that day ended up getting sick so they asked me to, to sit in and, and doing a game on radio and um I guess they, they liked me that day. And now 15, 16 years later, I, I still get that opportunity. But it's, it's evolved into to so many different things and getting to host the, the Gators own TV show and um, getting to host Mullins show and a lot of the, the pep rallies back when there was Midnight Madness. I got to do Midnight Madness. I got to uh, MC the national championship celebration. So uh, I, I knew Ahmad when he was just a little young, young buck back in the day playing and got to, to yeah, see him then. Face, so, right? <laughs> yeah, baby face. So it's uh, no, it's been yeah. fun, and I think that that's the coolest part is you know a, a place that you looked up to, a, a place that you, you cared about so much growing up, and I had all the Gator gear and, and everything else, and and now getting to to be a part of it and and showing the support, and you know at least hopefully making some some little kids out there and enjoy it too if they if they listen or watch or or do something, and just because um, I, I remember those days growing up and wanting to do it, so I, I think that's why I have so much passion for it and you know, why I try to, uh, to work as hard as I can and just trying to make everything I do uh, really special. So Jeff, you were, um, obviously you've been covering the Gators for a long, long time. So you've seen the Gators win a couple basketball national championships, a couple baseball national, or uh, a baseball national championship, a couple football national championships, uh, obviously a, a number of other championships, uh, softball, uh, tennis, track and field, et cetera. What are some of your favorite memories, um, you know, outside of those, those national championships that you remember? Uh, I, I think just the, the times on the road, um, mm -hmm. you, you, you have, I think I, I get this neat perspective that I try to use in life now and, and coaching my 13 year old and 14 year old kids. And uh, back in the day, 10, 11, 12 year old kids, I think, you know, just as a student athlete, you see things one way and you always think that, you know, you know, it all. And, you know, this is the way it's going to be. Or I don't why, why is that coach telling me to do that? He doesn't know anything. Like, what's he talking about? And now I get to be in the locker room with, with Dan and see how he treats and how he relates to 85 different personalities and different guys. I get to be in, in Sully's hotel room and, you know, we're going over the, the lineup for the next day. And he's actually asking my opinion on what the heck should I do or who should I put at this place? Or, you know, you, you see it with different basketball guys and, and being around them. So I. I think those are the, the the unique times now that that I get. Um, but 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 back in the day, like it was really just about hanging out with the guys. I, I think you know to to me it was a, a big fraternity. It was the opportunity to just to to have special memories. You know, I uh, I've got guys that were in my wedding that that were my teammates. I've got uh, you know friends to this day that if we go to a city, I can call them up and we'll go play golf together. Heck, there, there's a guy from Australia that I ended up playing with that he comes back to the States every couple of years. And every time he does, wherever he flies into with his medical sales business, you know, we'll fly there. So I flew to Boston last year with a couple other teammates and and we met there. So to me, that was it. It was it was just the opportunity to, to make friends for life and, and being around those guys. And, you know, you think about all the times you just you had fun and and you harassed them. And, you know, just you just you had those opportunities where you just you were you were away from it. But then when you showed up on a field, like they were there for, to support you through the good times, the bad times and, and everything else. So I think those are the times that, that I'll always cherish. But, but again, I think going back to, um, 
you know, just even doing the, the radio show now, the, the tailgate in the afternoons, this COVID stuff, we, we got the opportunity to talk to so many different Gators and, and gosh, Hall of Famers and just all these great athletes. And and I just, I, I always ask them like, you know, hey, what what was your favorite time or what are the things that, that you got to do? And I think they all say the same thing. And, 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 I, and it's neat because that's what I think of. Like they think about, hey man, I was in school and Caleb Dressel was there or, you know, Holloway's there. You got all these guys. It's like, it's some of the best athletes in the entire world. And you're like picking their brain. You're hanging out in the weight room with them. You're in the, the study hall with them. Or you're just doing all these things. So I think those are the opportunities that I'll always be able to cherish and, and look back on and say, man, I was, I was a pretty lucky dude. Jeff, I want to ask you, you host so many different things. On top of that, you, you help run the Ironwood Golf Course. How, uh, what are, what are your most favorite things that you get to do uh, in your role? So you, the way that I understand is you have your day job at, at Ironwood, you host um, the, uh, the tailgate with Pat Dooley. Uh, You do a bunch of sports, including uh, football, baseball, uh, some basketball. You do some emceeing work. You do some charity work in golf. Uh, You coach your son's team. uh, And then you have a host of other things. What, how do you have enough time in the day and and (laughs) what gets you excited about, you know, kind of the day to day and doing all that kind of stuff? Cause I would imagine a lot of it runs together, right? Sure. Yeah, no, it, it does. First off, you know, I've got a great wife who lets me uh, do all that stuff. So I appreciate that. Um, but no, I, I just, you know, again, I think it just goes back to, I, I remember my, my coach at the time, it was, it was the, the motto of, of he always tried to do was, was be on time and, and do things right and, and have a passion for what you do. So I, you know, and I've gotten a lot of advice from, from Mick Hubert and, and the different things that I've gotten to do broadcast wise. Um, you know, I've picked his brain so much on the different things. And, you know, the, the neat part about being in the booth with Mick during the games is even if the Florida's drilling a team like 50 to nothing, you know, that, that third string running back might come in there and he might get in the, the only carries of his life. And Mick's going to call it like it would be a, a seven to six game with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. So you just always have that passion with everything that you do. And, and, and Dan, it, it has been fun. I, I think, you know, the, probably my favorite thing to, to do now, of course, baseball games. I love cause that, that's my sport and, you know, getting to do that. But the, uh, the unique opportunity of MC and the, the hall of fame banquet has been really cool. The, the last mm-hmm. couple of years, it's just myself and then the, the hall of famer getting inducted. And, you know, last year it's, it's Percy, it's, it's Billy Horschel. And it's yeah. basically like me and this great individual who's done so much with his life. And we're having a conversation like you and I are, are now. And, you know, I think that that's what's fun. Like, I, I just I try to pull out unique stories and hear different perspectives because, you know, if you're broadcasting, you're just throwing out stats all the time. It just it gets boring. Nobody wants to care about that. So you just you try to just you have relationships with people, try to understand what they try to do and, um, you know, just really think about it from perspective of who's listening, what's your audience. And, and I try to do that at the golf course, too. You know, I'm, I'm at an opportunity now where. You know, obviously I'm hiring people and I'm, I'm the head of the golf course, but I try to tell all the people that I hire, hey, by the third or fourth time you see this individual, like say their name, like it's mm-hmm. that's just personalize it, like just make them feel like you want it to be a part of something. Like I don't want anything to be this hoity-toity type atmosphere. I don't, I don't want it to be all, all like that. Like I want it to be like you're just, you're hanging out, you're having a conversation, you're, you're getting to enjoy certain things like that. So that's, a, that's the way I try to do it. Um, 
but whether it's, you know, I, I love doing volleyball games like in, yeah. in the O-Dome. I mean, the, the, those ladies are so athletic. They're so good. Mary Wise has done such a phenomenal job. It's, it's fun. And I just, you know, I, I think fun is just such a big word with, with anything you do, whatever you do, make it fun. And, and you're going to enjoy it. Cause like, I feel like if you're doing that, it's, it's not really work. You're just, you're going out and you're doing something and, and making it fun. And, and, and that's for everybody out there. So I guess, uh, we, uh, Jeff, we want to talk a little bit more about the Gators, you know, schedule and the football season and everything else. But I got one final question about your kind of broadcasting career. And you mentioned it with talking about Mick Hubert and he looked up a lot to Dick Enberg when he was, you know, into the profession and, and learning from folks, what has it been like to, to work with a guy that that's legendary, uh, like Mick Hubert and what have you learned from him or, um, you know, and then how do you, you know, take what you learn from him and, and kind of make, your own broadcast, right? Where you're not just replicating, but you're, you're yourself. What's, what's that? Like? Sure. Yeah. I think the, the, you know, the biggest thing for Mick is the, the preparation. I mean, he, he taught me so much on how to make sure that you understand every player that, that you're writing down, like have a little something, do a little investigating, make sure you take the time to understand it. So there's not dead air and you're just, you're, you're going out and you're talking about an individual. Like I said, with the, you know, the, the opportunity of some guy that get, gets in the game, you know, he might have been the, the scout team guy for three years and all of a sudden he gets put in a game and he might be the only highlight of his life that he gets this one carry or one pass or one tackle, make it sound like that because, I mean, his family will want to keep that. So that that person can show it to their grandkids someday. So, so you have that. So that's what I, I think I've, I've learned the most about Mick. But the, the coolest part is, I mean, so many great opportunities. I mean, obviously the one I'll never forget is, is getting to be next to him with the, uh, the the Gators winning the College World Series there in 2017. And and we had known that Mick was going to kind of bow out from from the radio side and it was going to be the, the last time he'd do Gator baseball on the radio. He was just going to do, do TV after that. So, I mean, I, I wanted to win it really for him, obviously for Florida too, but – you know, so he's got the opportunity now to call a, a football national title, a basketball, and, and a baseball. And, you know, we're, we're sitting there basically in tears together and, and hugging him. And, you know, you just – I just – I've always appreciated I, – I just – I look at him after a football game, and he'll stand up, and he's just got sweat pouring down from him. And you would think, well, gosh, you're in the air conditioning. You're in a broadcast booth. Why are you sweating? Because that's how much he puts into it. And – and I think that's what I really try to take from him. And, and I'll never forget LSU and, you know, all the, the BS happened about the hurricane and everything else. And we make that stop on fourth down. And, I mean, he's doing this just phenomenal call. And I'm standing there right next to him. And I, just, I put my left arm around his shoulder and I kind of give him a hug. And he looks over and, and just gives me a little smile. And, you know, he's got that passion for it, too, because, you know, he wasn't that like me and didn't grow up a Gator fan. He came from Ohio and he had to come down here and, get inundated in this community. And I remember him telling me like nobody really liked him for the first couple of years. And all of a sudden he yells out, Doring's got a touchdown, Doring's got a touchdown. And then of course all of Gator nation falls in love with the guy. So um, just doing everything with, with a purpose, with a passion and um, you know, getting that, that opportunity to, to be around him and learn so much is, is something I'll never forget. Nice man. Uh, what's your feel on, on this year's team and Dan Mullen? The schedule just dropped. It's uh, it's going to be fun. I, I just hope we get this thing going. Because I, I remember talking to Dan the, the first time really ever having the conversation with him. He said, wait till year three, Jeff. And, um, you know, we've got a chance to do some special stuff in year three. 
And obviously this is year three and you look at 10 wins and you look at 11 wins and you look at a couple yeah. of, uh, you know, the bowl games and, and getting to, to be a part of those and these big ones. And it's just, um, it, it, I think it's got a chance to be really special. And, and so I've got a, a unique opportunity to, to know Kyle Trask like I do. He actually interned for me out at, at Ironwood. And this nice. was a, a couple of summers ago. And, you know, Felipe is the starter and, you know, Kyle's just kind of buying his time. And we would have a lot of conversations about, hey, just just keep working your ass off, man. Just keep doing what you're doing, because I, I go to practice and, you know, I would see him be able to, to take the team down the field. And and he always questioned, well, gosh, why is why is he not really getting that opportunity? And, and I get it. You know, Felipe was this four star guy. And, you know, if you look at the tools, Felipe's, of course, got a stronger arm and Felipe can run a little bit better and, and do some different things. And. I think just just Kyle wanted to work hard and, and really understand what the game was, and, and I think he figured it out mentally. And I think that's what made him so successful last year to to have that opportunity to just come in there against Kentucky when it was all gloom and doom. And I'm not going to lie, I'm sitting there in the press box thinking, crap, how am I going to interview Dan Mullen after this game? Like, what the hell am I going to ask him? And, you know, we never lose to Kentucky. That's not supposed to happen. And then you see him come in and you see him take charge and right. you he, he was just ready to go. So I think that right, was all right. the, the preparation that he did. And I think we, we see that from the staff. I've, you know, I've had the opportunity to play golf with, with many of the, the coaches and assistant coaches and just have unique conversations. And I just think they do such a good job, especially because the majority of them came from Mississippi State. They couldn't get the Ahmad Black type guys. They're like They weren't getting those four- and five-star guys in Mississippi State. So they had to develop guys. They had to, to, to work really hard and, and do different things. Um. And now you think about the types of guys that Mullen can get here at Florida, and he's going to get those four- and five-star guys. And guess what? He's going to be able to develop them because he knows what to do. And he's just such a – he just – like like getting to be in his office and, and have some of the conversations with him, like you just – you know how much he loves offense and you know how much yeah. he just – he's always looking ahead. And, and I looked at that from from my, my coach um, at Florida. Like I always would, would watch him, and he'd be like two or three innings ahead. Like he know what situation was – was going to happen. He says, okay, if this happens, I'm going to do this. If this happens, I'm going to do this. And I think that's where, where Dan Mullen is too. And um, so that that's why I feel this team's got a real good chance. Awesome. Well, Jeff, we really appreciate your time this evening hanging out with us. We appreciate you listening to the show. I remind everybody uh, where they can catch you, uh, your show, your Gator show, uh, online, all that kind of fun stuff. Sure. Uh, the, the TV show Gator Zone is um, on Wednesdays at, at 530 on Fox Sports Florida. Um, afternoon radio show four to six every day on uh, on WRUF. That's uh, it's called the tailgate with uh, with Dooley. And then uh, my Twitter is Jeff Cardozo UF. Um, don't tweet a ton of stuff, but just uh, um, you know, try to just support the university and, and put out all the all the good things about Florida because I, uh, I have a passion for it. And, um, you know, I. I'm really looking forward to to all this stuff. Hope everybody stays safe through uh, through all the COVID. If we do the right thing, though, we got a chance to uh, go out there and and win nine, heck, maybe even ten games. Beat Georgia, and hey, we get Halloween off, right? We we yeah, can go trick or treating right. with the kids. So uh, so that'll be fun. Go beat them that next week, and then uh, have a chance for a really special season. I'm here for it. Well, Jeff, we really appreciate your time. Of course, if you ever need a guest uh, on one of your shows, uh, Silk always volunteers to uh, to be a guest on shows. So, um, that a baby Silk. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got all the time. If if, it, if it's anything, Gator, give me a call. I love it. Well, Jeff, we Sounds really good, appreciate buddy. your time. Go Gators and enjoy uh, the rest of your evening. All right, guys. Take care.
Thanks. And Jeff Cardozo. Big dope. fan of Jeff. Uh, his show yeah. was really, really good. Um, I started to uh, to listen to his show when him and Zach Alberti started to do the uh, the tailgate a few years ago. I really mm -hmm. enjoy his takes. Really enjoy his thoughtfulness behind everything. So, uh, always a big fan of Jeff Cardozo. So, uh, well, without any ado uh, and any wait, uh, we've got another guest, a, a former Florida Gator. So, Silt, uh, why don't you bring us into the uh, Brunt Insurance ad read, and then we'll get uh, our boy D Finley on the line. D Finley interview is brought to you by Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, hit my man Greg up. 954-589-2204. Big policies, big coverage. If you need home, if you need auto, if you need life insurance or financial services, my man Greg got you, man. Great customer service. Great dude. Uh, the official insurer of the Big 3 Roll-Up Network. I think over the last four weeks, I know somebody that, well, I renewed my car insurance policy with Greg. I know somebody that got renter's insurance through him. I know somebody that got boater's insurance through him. I know another person that got another car insurance through him. So Jeff's going to hook you up. Best prices in town. He's saving a bunch of people a lot of money. So give um, Greg a call. All right, let's get our D Finley on the line. Let's go. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And join us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is former Florida Gator safety, hailing from Auburn, Alabama, a good friend of Ahmad Black and myself. D. Finley, how are you doing this evening, my friend? How you doing, Dan? How you doing? How you doing, Black? It's good to see y'all. Good to hear from y'all. What's up? Good, bro. Good. So, uh, so D, I know your story a bit. Uh, I remember when me, you, and Will Hill used to go bowling down at the uh, the first floor of the Rights Union. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you uh, got out of Auburn, Alabama, and ended up in Gainesville. Oh man, it was a it was a long it was a long well it was an easy decision. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I decided in my junior year. So, but um, Urban Meyer, um, Coach Coach Meyer. I mean, like the whole staff came came to my high school one day and just. I had the rings on and they, I don't know. I just fell in love with the culture. I just fell in love with the culture when they came, they knew how to, they knew how to present themselves. So fell in love and we, we built a relationship early. So we built that relationship and it was just, it was just family from there, from there on out with that coaching staff at least. So D who was your primary recruiter and, and what did they tell you and, and talk to us a little bit about your recruiting process. Who else were you looking at and, and all that stuff? Uh, well, you know, of course, I was I'm in Auburn. And I was like three minutes right. away from the campus, so I was I was looking at Auburn and LSU and and a couple and a couple SEC schools. But Coach Heater was my main recruiter. That was uh, I think at the time he was the cornerbacks coach, but he was uh, pretty much like the secondary coach, co-defensive coordinator, and he was just a um, he was just honest, you know, and you know he just showed you he just showed me that he cared from day one, you know, like. He seen he seen I came from a little tough area and stuff, and you know that was kind of his specialty. So he kind of knew exactly the things to say and stuff. So we 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 developed the bond early. And he used to come on his off days, so I knew that I knew then it was that's where I needed to be. So so D, you came to uh, to Florida 
uh, a couple years after Urban Meyer was there. So I guess after his, I guess this was his third signing class. They had already won a national championship. They had just come off of Tim Tebow's Heisman year. And then your freshman year, you guys win the national championship. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like getting acclimated to a defense that was young in 2007 uh, that featured in Ahmad Black. Um, that was young, but there was a lot of talent on that team. And then what it was like, you know, practice and, and just acclimating um, from um, from high school into tough. college. It was tough. That was one word I could I could say. Like, ima- like imagine just I'm in the speed. I'm in the the culture. I mean, they had they had the, it was so much to just. I mean, every freshman it was, it was rare for a freshman to come in and just you know to get get accommodated to that kind of speed and quickness that they that they had recruited that I had developed over those years. So it was I mean, the word I can think of is tough. It was really my first couple of years were tough. So that was um but Ahmad and Ahmad and them they made it they made it they made it fun. Let's just say that. So yeah. well, here's here's the thing, you know, and you know, D said it said it kinda of hit it on the head where as you know, when when you came in as freshman, I think we talked about it a little bit before on the show, uh, Dan and Silk. You know, it, you know, back in the day, man, we uh, you know, if you get redshirted, that was kind of a good thing, you know, because we took it as you weren't quite ready yet. You still got to develop a little bit more, and and also you still get your four years to, to show what you can do, you know, in in, in your performance to, to to your dress rehearsal to get to the NFL. You get what I'm saying? And nowadays, kids look at it as, hey, you know. He, you know they trying me. You redshirt me. You trying me. Let me just let me hit the portal because ain't no way you can redshirt yes. me. And yeah. that's how kids look at it. So you know when, when guys you know um, like D and, and, and Will Hill and those guys came in, man. Um, you know we, we we tried our hardest to to try to, to to carry those guys on because you're only good as your, as your weakest player. You know and um, it is tough. You know coming coming in the year before you know D came in and I kind of okay. went through the same stuff he went through. You know, so I kind of figured, you know, you know, and knew what he was going through, man, coming in, um, you know, and, and having to, to to struggle to to even try to see the field and whatnot mm-hmm. to hell, to get, even get in shape. Yep. D, what was the biggest uh, difference uh, um, coming from from high school, being a man on campus to, to coming to UF? Just so much talent, man. It was just like, you know, I just wasn't used to all that speed and that, all that talent, like, you know, getting on the field and. Uh, you know, being the physical, being physical, you know, I was always, you know, f- being physical wasn't a problem. It was just accommodating to that speed and that heat and that Florida. It's just that it's a, it's a different animal. Trust me, it's a different animal. It's a different animal. So I think it's right, so I, got a little, I got a little funny story, Dan. So uh, when it's camp, right, <laughs> it, it's really hot. So we practice at Southwest uh, Fields over there. <laughs> and it's like no shade, like none whatsoever. Uh-huh. It's big open field. And we fixed um, there. Yeah, fits in. So, but but they do have tents, right? Some some huge tents. You got one for the offense and one for the defense. <laughs> We're under the tents, right? They got the mist blowing. They got like three or four big, huge fans. They got the mist blowing. I mean, I'm talking about coming from period, you know, 11, 12, you know, being out there in that hot ass sun. You can't wait to get under that mist. Man, I remember D and, and Cody Riggs and all them boys and, and Jalen Watkins when they came in one time, <laughs> they ran under there. Because, man, it was hot as hell, uh, Dan. Coach Cheetah came in there and rung their ass. Get the hell out of from under the tent. You don't play. You're not a starter. You get the hell from under the tent. 
Hey, we weren't used to like, that yet. Bro, D used to get so mad and so hot. Like, because I understand where you're coming from. It's so hot outside. I mean, I'm talking about it, it, it brings anger out of you. So, Cochita used to go and it used to be a, it used to be a, a cooler full of like ice water. I'm talking about you could barely put your hand through it because someone's <laughs> but it's watery too. So, he, he'll put a rag in there and bring it out and just, he'll just come and just put it all over your, your neck and your head. But if you're starting. <laughs> yeah, bro. He, I mean, he wet your head, he wet your neck, and it feels so good. You got ice chunks going down your shoulder pads and whatnot. <laughs> bro, he will pick it out then and drip it. He will drip it, drip it right over D head and bring it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just walk away, walk away, man. Hey, listen, I got a I got a story, right? I was, you know, my freshman year, it's probably like my third practice, right? So I'm tired, you know, I'm out of shape, like I don't know. I, I took, I went to, I don't know, I don't know. I think I took the summer off before I came. I was, I was out of shape. Like, so one day we were running to a ball, we were running to the ball one day. I stopped maybe, I stopped maybe about four steps, you know, four or five steps. You know, I kind of stopped early and I ain't run all the way to the ball. Next thing I know, coach, he just grabbing me, running me to the pile, <laughs> running me to the pile. Like, yo, why aren't you jumping on the pile? Like, I'll just remember, like, <laughs> What's tough? I'm telling you. Hey, bro. Because I got the visual. Bro, just imagine somebody <laughs> don't want to be there, bro. Like, he does not want to be there, man. But, bro, he's so tired. The coach is literally physically grabbing D's jersey. is like throwing him at the ball, bro. So he's trying to make D run these last three or four steps that D, I swear to God, don't want to, don't even want to run to. Because it's like, it's a tackle for a loss. I promise you. I'm like, coach, it's a tackle for a loss. You know, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm one high. It's one high, you know, coach. Come on, like, <laughs> let me get this breather real quick. <laughs> but trust me, bro. You had to. So and we had this. We had this black stripe on our helmet. I mean, it was just right. like a, it's like a big yeah. black stripe. Like just just letting you know you fresh. You just like, oh my god, it was it was tough, man. I'm telling you, but it was fun. No, don't get me wrong. It was still it was still fun. So, once, so, once so, so I know. I know you've probably been to a bunch of Auburn games and whatnot. Um, talk about the first time you, you were in the swamp and you you seen the, the Gators uh, oh, run on the field or whatnot, man. What was My the feeling first like? time ever in the swamp was the Auburn-Florida game. Uh, oh, we lost. Was oh, yeah. 2000, 2007. Yeah, you lost uh, 2007 in year. the swamp. Yeah. That was crazy. Like, that was the best game. That's one of the best games I've ever seen. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. That was like – I, we, I, don't think we, I don't even think we scored the first half. Dan, did we score the first half, man? No, I think, I think we scored like 17. I think we scored like seven. It was like 17 0 at half. Then we scored 17 straight and then they kicked the field goal. Mm, yeah, no, I remember that. I remember that game. That was my freshman year watching it. Um, and that was a tough one. I remember, uh, what was it, West Bynum you know, running off the field, Gator chomping. Uh, yeah, yeah, but. We just had, he just beat his ass three times in the state championship in high school. Mm-hmm. Then, so I think. <laughs> yeah, we were just coming off a national championship. Yeah, we uh, that, was, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Hey, D, real quick, man. Um, what was it like? You was a highly recruited guy, one of the biggest recruits. I've been watching your film, and I was a big recruiting guy. I'm older than you guys, so I was a recruiting junkie at that time. I just remember how hype the fan base was you getting there. What was it like, like at first? I mean, you had some off the field shenanigans going on, and, and, and yeah. you you wasn't living up to the hype of your recruiting uh-huh. at first. So, what was that like? I mean, see, 
I mean, you know, I, I never really paid too much attention to recruiting because, like, behind the scenes, like, it was, you know, it was tough to crack that line up. Like, behind the mm -hmm. scenes, I knew it was going to be tough to live up to that. Like, the coaches never told me I was going to come in and start. You know, I had two All-Americans. You know, you know, I just really, you know, I just I just came in. I, I really, I wanted to develop, and you know, but I had a few off the field. Like, waiting your turn, it got kind of boring. You know, it gets kind of, you know, it gets kind of, you know, you want to have fun, you know. While you wait your turn, you know you, you know you you know you know Amon's not gonna get. It. We had one of the most durable backfields and the defensive backfields in the country. Like they playing hundreds of some snaps a game even before I got there, so I already knew. <clears throat> I already knew. So it was just, it was just. I mean, it was tough. I mean, getting getting accommodated, but I just had to find my way. You know, just on special teams or whatever, I had to find my way to contribute, and that's where Urban Meyer um, preached. You know find find your value you know find a way you know so i had to <clears throat> it took me a while but i had to i finally found a way to contribute so were you feeling pressure from the house from the crib like back at home oh, yeah. What was that like? oh yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah a lot of pressure it, it, i mean you know it wasn't it, no intentional pressure it was just you know just the situation i came from you know it was a lot of pressure to get on the field though it was so what was the competition? When when did you realize that okay, this is big boy football, this is University of Florida, I'm not the big man on campus anymore? What at what point in a practice did you realize that? Um it was just probably my first day of practice. I mean, it was, it really just wasn't I mean, it was really just my first day of practice, honestly. Like the speed was just so much different, you know. It's just it was my first day of practice. I, I mean, I realized it. I mean, what was the competition know, like? Until we put on the until we put on the pad, you know, I, we were there. You know, we lifted weights and we did all that, but you never we ran, but you never know until you lift put on the pads, like what the speed is like. So, right. So, what was the competition like? I mean, it was it was great. I mean, I, I mean, physically, I mean, physically, you know, it wasn't you know it was it wasn't too much, but you know, speed wise, it was it was a it was a you know the competition was there. You know, speed wise as far as like I know we had a lot of. We had a lot of we had a lot of speed back then, like so it was crazy. At practice every day, trying to like you know go up against that every day. What would you say you learned the most from um, Urban Meyer? Um, I mean, just like I said, like how to find value in any situation, like no matter what, like you got to find your work. You gotta you gotta find your way to to, to fit in and to contribute. Yeah, you know, well. yeah, he always was 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 wanting to talk about you know what's your value to the team or what's your yeah. value, you know, to yeah. to, to, to earth and, and you know to into life. You know, he always wanted you to find your purpose of what you, um, you know, what was your reasoning for for doing what you were doing and, and for being where you were at. Yep. And then, like, if you did do it, be the best in the country. Like, so special. Like, that was that was my like. I love special teams. Don't get me wrong. Like, that was my that was my go. That was my thing. Like. Cause I found that was my niche. That's what I had found. So I loved it. Like that was my go-to, you know? So I feel like that, that's like, <clears throat> that's like, um, saying like, yeah, that's my go-to. Like that's, that's like, that's how, that's how I found my niche, like special teams and, you know, just helping out on so, scouts so and whatever we, I had to do. What was it like so, switching so we, from, uh, safety to linebacker? Oh man, it was uh, like I say, it was another, yeah, it was another, it was another like just when I had found thought I had you know found my little niche at what I was doing. I uh, 
you know, I was I was always a little heavy at safety, so I mean, it was another it was another I never really I never really got a got the I never really wanted to move, so I never really bought all the way into it, but it was still fun. It was still a fun ride. A good group of good guys in the, that room too. So with Spikes and you know AJ AJ Jones and all those guys. So John Bostic. man, D, yeah, D, D used to have a Dan D used to have a coach calling me every day. Where's your brother at? You seen D? Yeah, yeah. Where's D? Because I, 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 I called him four times, but he won't answer the phone. DJ Durkin. DJ Durkin used to be, hey, 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 where, where's D? Have you talked to D today? I'm like, damn, Coach, I, I just got out shit. The man got a phone. What you got calling me, asking me about D for? Uh, I'm not always, if, you, if you needed D, he was always downstairs, first floor, right? You. <laughs> yeah. I, I got, I got a question. Yeah, so, man. uh, my man Dan said it was you, D. Finley, and who else was with y'all, Dan? Well, yeah, uh, Will Hill. Will Hill. Will Hill. That's a hell of a crew. Yeah, I'll well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what I know right hey, now? That's a hell of a hey, crew, bro. Yeah, that was – hey, hey, Dan was the ringleader. No lie. Dan used to get – Dan talked to the cops, huh? Yeah, Dan Dan was like the se- – What you were a senior then, weren't you, Dan? Um, or were you graduating? Probably, probably a junior. Probably a junior. Yeah, man. So Dan used to Dang. take us bowling and Dan kept my Dan used to go, yeah, he, he's in negotiate with the police. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I got to hey, know they, cool. they with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, and so he, he got the crew. Yeah. <laughs> so so this is so I got to know Will Hill when I was working uh with the recruiting office. So it was my freshman year, Will Hill was a senior in high school, and so I was like his like guy that needed to be around him during one of his visits and then his official visit. So him and I, you know, got to be, you know, be pretty good friends. And then just him and D were friends. So, you know, Will and I were hanging out one time and he brought D along. And so, um, that was before Will Hill got, got a little wild, got a little crazy. I mean, you know, Will Will wasn't always the Twitter Will Hill that we know. That was my roommate. Yeah. Yeah. Will Hill was an interesting cat, but. Hey, we all so, we had a little. We all had a little, little. We all had a little things going. We I think everybody had, on that team had a yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a little. <laughs> like, it was a. I swear, it was the funnest team stop, in the stop, top of stop, football. Stop me, Dan. I used to, I used to chill out, man. Yeah, there you go. Everybody except the mod. I say all right now, Dan. Amar, yeah, Amar, yeah. Amar was a yeah, big brother. I, I, I say, look, because that's cause, because look, Amar man. knows if he got in trouble, he could not run the cops. Look, <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. Because here's the thing, though. I did everything that D and all the, them, all the boys did, but like before they got there. Because remember, I came early too. So yeah. all my shenanigans and stuff was when I knew I wasn't about to play. You know right. what I'm saying? When I when I came in early, exactly. you see what I'm saying? Because I had Tony Jordan there in front of me. Hell, they just won that championship. I know I'm not gonna play. And plus, I came in a corner. Like I'm gonna tell y'all a story. So we we in, we in camp one day, right? And D, this before y'all got there. And um, we was doing one-on-ones. And, and it's a long period. You know, so, like after a while, after you done went two, three one-on-ones, bro. You know, it started, it started watering down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So next thing you know, Bubba Caldwell just out of nowhere just hopped up. You know what I'm saying? And and that's when we had Joe Hayes <laughs> as, a, as a freshman. You know, we both was freshmen. And then our next our next corner was was uh was Deuce, right? Uh, What's your what, Manson. 
Marcus Manson. Marcus Manson. Yeah, Marcus Manson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we had Marcus Manson and, and Wandy Pierre the next up. So Joe had them went like two or three. Yeah, Joe had them went two or three times. Shit, Wandy went two or three times. You know. So you know, and nobody wanted to stand up. Bro, I stood up, bro, and went like I was about to cover um this one on one. That boy, Coach Hita, said. Ahmad Black, sit your ass down. <laughs> and I said, damn, my bad. So then I, so, you know, I ain't say nothing. He told me I was the seven corner. I went to counting, bro. When he went looking, bro, we only had five people out there. Nobody like, what? Like, he told me I'm number seven, bro. So that's, I, I already knew I wasn't going to play, bro. So I, I already know what coming from with that, bro. Because there was no way I was going to play as a freshman. Because look, bro, look, I used to try to do exactly like, I go out there, like, okay, we watch film. And I'd be like, okay, I look at Black. I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's how he's standing. I go out there and try to do exactly what Black did. Coach Hita will cuss me out, like, for the whole meeting. Start, let's keep rewinding. He's like, <laughs> like, why are you standing like that? <laughs> I was like, why are you, he's like, he's like, why are you, who, who taught you? I was like, nah, I was just trying to stand like, you know what I'm saying? It's t- like, that's what I say. The hardest part of a freshman, like, coming into a stack team like that is just, like, you know, that hunger. I, I had to find, like, find that I had to keep that fire going every day like you know so and sometimes you know it gets boring it gets you get complacent you know knowing like oh yeah we good you know <laughs> if they need me I'll be ready you know <laughs> like I ain't going to tutoring like you know I, I ain't gonna be you know what I'm saying it was it was tough do you have any regrets uh I wouldn't say regrets but I just wish I would have you know focused a little bit more gave more to the game, you know. That's what I give advice to kids these days. Like, don't disrespect the game because she, she's going she, – she'll get you back. So, give everything you got to her. So, so That's real. Respect her. Like, especially if you love her like you say you do. Like, you know, you got to treat her right. You got to do the things it takes to to get there. That's the things I tell kids around here. So, so, so D, you got that championship rings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you live? Where you living at now? Oh, I'm still in Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, I'm back home. So, 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 what you do? You walk around? You show? You show your rings in Auburn, Alabama? Or I, I know they. I know they yeah, enjoy yeah, that. I give, I give them hell, you know. You know, I give them hell. I give, you know, sugar bowl. You know, I, I, you know, I do it all. I do, I do a lot of big talking. I'm still a Gator for life, you know. So, talk that uh, talk. So, yeah, you got, you, you, just, gotta, you gotta talk, talk I me. Just, talk uh, out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It ain't, and they so you know it's. You know, it's a lot of delusional. It's a lot of delusional fans up here. So, you know, it's like, you know, I still, I still, I still hold my own though. I want a lot of money up here. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Well, D, it's always a uh, a pleasure to get you on the uh, the show. We'll definitely have to get you on again. Uh, you do any of the social media stuff or anything like that? Or people? Oh can yeah, follow yeah, you? yeah. I do the Twitter. Uh, D Finley thirteen. You know, that's my Twitter. You know, it's awesome. just with my name and my and a number. So just follow me on Twitter. Shout me out. Hit me up with some questions. Gotcha. Yeah. Very good. Follow you real quick, bro. Yeah. What about Jeremy Brown, man? Y'all need to get Jeremy. I need to hear. It. I listen to y'all a lot. I'm a big fan. I yeah, I uh, I contacted Jeremy. So we, we just got to coordinate. So he said he want to come on, man. But, you know, we got, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk to some of these young guys too, man. So we got, we got a. Uh, some of the younger yeah. guys coming on in these next few oh, okay. weeks, so uh, yeah. we definitely go. We definitely go get them in, though, man. So, so hey, defense, get we'll get you on uh, more during the season, man. Come hang out yeah. with us. Yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt. I definitely will. I definitely will. Uh, go Gators. We appreciate your time. Go Gators. Hey, thank you.
Appreciate it. Fam. All right, bro. Yeah, bro. That was a dope interview with my man D Fan, man. Let him oh, hang out more. Hey, D is a good dude, D, man. man. And one, one thing about D, he, he's he's a great person in, inside and out, man. So um, D is one of the guys who I gravitated to, man. Um, you know, from that class that that came in, and he always been a cool cat. So got me a friend for life with D, man. Yeah, absolutely. D's a D's a really good dude. So man, that's yeah, a hell of a crew. You, him, and Will Hill. I tell you that shit. Sure that's was. funny, bro. That's, that's so a funny. wild crew. Bro, that's crew don't even sound like it go together. Like, it don't. <laughs> it don't, but it, it makes sense. Because you it need does. a white you need a white representative for Will Hill at any time. Bro, I'll tell you. Andy friendly. Well, so Will Will was interesting because when he came on the campus, he didn't wall out like the way he did on Twitter. I, he had a miraculous fall and a very, very quick fall from uh from grace but when he came on to campus i mean nice as could be uh we used to hang out probably once or twice a week and then you know i think it was once i left and i graduated things started to go downhill a little bit yeah. i think that's what the design factor was man you graduated so yeah shit. yeah dan was what the, if it the was glue. yeah it was the glue that kept things together if you would have stayed one more year Will Hill would probably be like a a, a promo. No, just think about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, D transfers after I leave, and Will Hill does whatever Will Hill does after I leave. You know, Um, use the Elmer's glue that kept the black the black people together, bro. I was I was the Oreo stuffing. That yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Whoa, 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 Uh, you guys are it's crazy. about that time for uh, Word of the Week. <laughs> yeah. Which is brought to you by the great folks at Manscaped.com. Keeping your ball from sticking to your leg is not an easy task, man. But the folk, good folks at Manscaped.com, they got it all figured out. They got the balls brisk, the ball deodorant, and also they got a 2.0 razor to get those hairs off your balls and keep you And the 3.0 razor. And the 3.0. And the weed whacker, if you got nostril and nose hairs and, and ears air hairs and whatnot. You've been you've been uh taking care of your balls, Dan? Pause. <laughs> that's a wild that's a wild question actually. That's, that's, that's a very that's wild a question. Wild, I just let you know, use your imagination. Why I want to use my imagination. That's why I asked, bro. We got we got these nice grooming set from manscaped.com, man. Y'all be sure to check us out. Check check them out and uh support support your podcast, man. SG at checkout uh for for 20% off and free shipping. Very good. Manscaped.com. I love it, boys. Your balls will thank you. They sure will. There you go. Dan, we got we got a little pop quiz for you tonight, Dan, or what we got for you? That works. It's a pop quiz. I hope you're studying, Dan. I hope you've been reading your literature and staying on, on your game, bro. We got a pop quiz for you with the word of the week. All right, I'm here. Yeah, I know we, we uh we we we've been on on air now for a little bit over a year, so you know sometimes you know we gotta we gotta double back and make sure you learn something, Dan. You've been uh yeah, review the tape. Look, you've been on top of your game the last two weeks, but but you know, we're gonna go back and use the word flogging, Dan. I'm gonna be honest with you, boys. There's a lot of words of the week that I remember. That is not one of them. 
Daniel. I was just about to call you a Daniel. I was just about to call you a Danimal, man. So, you, know what is. you cannot call a grown man that don't know what flogging is Danimal. <laughs> what? Remind me how to use it in a sentence. When the boys out there flies, they're doing too much flogging. Is that like the, flexing? The boys, the, yeah, there you go, Dan. There you go. Yeah? A flogging could be like fronting. Oh, like yeah. Yeah, or you or you fronting. Like you, you ain't. You playing? You capping? Like you gotta? You say you got a bank roll with a hundred on top, and it's like a twenty, and then rest is ones, and you oh, just got a like hundred bill on top. You flogging. Oh, gotcha. Are we sure we did that word? The no, the word sounds familiar, but I just don't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't do much sure. of that. That's probably why. You know. Oh, you really got the hundreds in there, huh, Dan? That's right. Uh, yeah. Ah, talk okay, that talk, huh? Dan, look, I be flogging, man. You, you really like that. So I don't like that. <laughs> I got the okay, Platinum okay, American okay. Express wrapped around with a hundred dollar bill. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes you gotta wrap it with a hundred. That's right. I'm, I'm in my flies and stage, man. So. All right, all right. So I got, I gotta go back. I gotta go back in time. We gotta, I gotta write myself a little dictionary of these words. I remember a lot of them, but, but some of them. Mm. Yeah, for flogging, flogging is one you should keep in the archive. You never know when, like, you need to hit me up and like, ah, oh, Silk, I think he's flogging. It could be just on some <laughs> random shit. <laughs> oh man alright boys um, let's take us out what do you guys think uh, that was a good show um, big guests big week uh, absolutely big, big news we're just a couple weeks away uh, from uh, the start of the season so yeah, yeah. I don't think that you could ask for, for much much more as the SEC continues to roll towards uh, them getting the uh, the start of their uh, their season yeah, sit tight, sit tight, sit tight. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to have a special season, man. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm excited for football. The game's about to get played, Danimal. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right, boys. Um, the schedule got announced today. Um, and on November 21st, I think it's November 21st, the – hold on. Let me just double check here. So before we do that, there's a uh, there's a big concert in Nashville that I got tickets for. I bought tickets about eight months ago, not knowing that it would be this weekend. And so I found out today that Florida is playing Vanderbilt that weekend, right? So I'm going to play in honor of my friends Whiskey Myers playing on November 21st in Nashville at the Ryman Auditorium where yours truly will be in the second row. The same weekend, Florida's playing at Vanderbilt. We're going to play some Whiskey Meyer. Sorry, I had to stall there for a second just to make sure I was God, man, get to man. it. We so need to wrap gonna, it up, machine. We're going to play Whiskey Myers, and we'll play their song, Die Rockin'. So we'll play Whiskey Myers, Die Rockin'. We'll see you next week, boys. Same time, same corner. Hey, when you first started that shit, Dan, I thought you might give us some tickets or something. No, sir. Nope. No tickets available. I'll be able to make it. You know? He said, I got tickets. I thought, mm. like, okay, he about to lot me and me and um, black some tickets. We about oh, to no, do no, something. I was, I was yeah, we going to shake it up. I was, I was flodging oh. for you. Dude, you damn sure was flodging, Dan. <laughs> That's exactly what you was doing, flodging. <laughs> flodging.
You All got right. me caught up in the flaws for sure. Hey, same <laughs> corner, same time, man. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Yeah.